Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the After Show with Mackenzie Stort and Amy Shannon. With over 15 years of experience between us, we have... Excuse me. Our mission is to educate and assist authors of all writing levels. Um, I'm Amy Shannon, and Mackenzie Store is off for this half hour. Um, but we are very excited to in uh, of our guest today, um, Angel A. Uh, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and welcome to the show? Uh, hello, Amy. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me onto the show. Uh, it's greatly appreciated and, and lovely to finally speak to you as as well in person. I get so many of your reviews. You're you're a reviewing machine. You know, you you review so many books. That's so fantastic to to see them. Um, so, uh, I guess for myself, uh, I'm Australian, as you can hear from my accent, and uh, I also work in uh, film and the idea of writing uh, really only started because a, a previous project that you also reviewed, um, um, Mary Poser, uh, was a project that I thought uh, we need to flesh it out into a book and see if uh, that's going to sort of help with the story, which I believe it really did. And so because that was very successful as a novel in itself, I thought in this time I, I'll do the same thing. I'll, uh, I'll write a, uh, a, a script first and then once I'm happy with the story, I'll, I'll work on the book. And so that's that's my journey with uh, being a writer. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Um, so uh, have you always wanted or liked to write? I mean, did you um, have you written more than the, the two or, or Mary Poser and then the one we'll be promoting today, um, Holy Parrot? Uh, yes, so I think I've been sort of almost like a closet writer, not really realizing that writing was a, one of the strengths I could probably work with. Because I, one of the stories I relate to was back in high school, I was encouraged to study science, which I did, and uh, there was just a writing competition, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just enter this writing competition, and and I won it, and I was like, oh. Okay, so it's creative writing, and it's just nothing I'd really even considered. And so from then on, I, I I showed an interest more in performance, in performing arts, and then I started working on the writing for the performing arts. And then it sort of now, more recently, it's shifted across to the novels. So, so yeah, it's sort of evolved, and it's not where I would have anticipated uh, the evolution, but I embrace it, and uh, here we are. <laughs> No, that, that that's wonderful. A lot of times life takes us in a direction we don't even plan on, but it ends up being a good thing. So yeah, I, I respect that. I applaud yeah, you to keep, for keeping with it. I mean, you're right. I, I've read both of your your uh, your books and um, anything that you write, I would um, you know be honored to to read. Um, I like your writing style. Um, oh, I you, also. Amy. Thank you for sending me the um the links 
to uh, your book life reviews. I was reading reading over those. I saw that mine was included, but um, yeah, I like I um I always it's lovely read... reviews. Here. Oh yes, you have you just have a way with words and telling a story, and I, I found that this one was it was really it was really intriguing, and I um I. I just really like that. So if you could um, tell our audience a little bit about uh, Holy Parrot, um, what it's about, um, talk about yeah, your sure. inspiration for it. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's about an Australian student who is working in Colombia and he's there on a science project and he believes his role is exclusively for this science project, but he runs into a girl called Maria and Maria says that she's pregnant and and she's 16 and he sees that there's a bit of a kerfuffle going between her and a young boy and and he assumes to be friends and then she then turns around later on in quite a uh, dramatic scene to explain that she says that her pregnancy is not usual that she actually has a parrot and that that parrot told her that she would be pregnant and not only that she would be pregnant, but the pregnancy would be of the new Christ. And of course, for a scientist, uh, that's obviously very difficult information to take in. And so he's more at the start humoring her, but then a lot goes on with this story with uh, events that he can't explain. And uh, there's a the, almost like the world pays attention to this uh, narrative that to this girl is projecting. And so he gets very caught up and learns a lot about human nature, uh, spirituality and faith, uh, topics that he would never have considered in his own life. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, when I think about, uh, you know, scientists and how they, um, you know, they're very logical and they think of, you know, if uh, they have to see something to believe it, you know, some things um, like faith and religion sometimes can be very hard for, um, you know, because there's no scientific thing saying, oh, yes, this exists because of this. Um, so I, I, I found how when, when you were um, in the story that, you know, it was looking at it through, okay, this is logical, but it's not really and, and he takes on this new journey into faith and um you know the the presence of you know uh of god and uh you know being um just something that's you know not untangible but it's there so i i found that that journey was really quite interesting um because some people just oh, think true. creatively or they have faith and they or they're all about logic, you know, one or the other. Um, personally, myself, I, I, I am uh, both logical and creative, so um, I can see how they, um, you know, how it can mesh together. But not everybody can can see that that there can be um, science and faith and still be you know, a human. Yeah, so no, I think that's in many respects the purpose of, of the uh, the story to to bring that disparity 
show the disparity and then try and find the common links of within our humanity that really bring us together. Uh, it's really something that we often don't contemplate. You do hear that people say, you know, they're this or they're that, they're up or they're down, they're left or they're right, you know, they're, and they're, there's not really that investigation of points of view that oppose their own. And I sometimes wonder that really the, the essence of wisdom is to explore ideas that are different to your own. And so, yes, you can still, you don't lose your own ideas, but you expand as an individual by embracing uh, more wisdom by by learning how other people think. Yeah, and it would be nice if more people actually did that in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, and hence I think again why why the book, if, you know, and I think the reviews as you read are sort of showing that as well that it does allow the reader to have that uh, point of view as well. It's like, oh, maybe you know, anytime there's conflict, it's really important to fully understand the point of view which opposes your own, and then. And then once you fully understand it, the, the 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 conflict is less. It's more like, oh, I see why you're doing what you're doing. And I hope that you can see why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then we can work this out. We can work through it. But you're right. It's, it's not a very common uh, strategy. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and more people should, re should read this book um, because. Well, of, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because of that, um, I mean, it takes you to a, uh, a place that um you can't get to you know um by taking a, a plane or a train or whatever um mm. that's the benefit of reading that you can you know it can take you off your sofa but you're still theirs and it gives you a, a new um you know stories especially something like this it just kind of gives you a uh a new perspective and you don't have to gr agree with someone on their beliefs, but you can respect them for it. Yeah. For whatever yeah, that, that that's, reason that's is. Beautiful. And, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and during these times, you know, um, I think more people should, should, uh, you know, read books like these. And um, I, should, I'm, I, I always tell people that they should read more children's books. Um, mm, there's always a great because, message in, in yeah, children's books yeah i read a lot i mean i read a lot and i read all kinds and children's books or um books that you know they have you know there may be opposing opinions but the conflict like you said the conflict is reduced to being at least if you don't agree if you actually listen to the other person's side and mm. um, then you can and actually get um, you don't have to agree but you don't have to um, hate them either <laughs> mm. and possibly a children's book is is a non-threatening environment for a lot of people to learn new ideas because they're not really relating it to a ch you know children's book as being you know, something which is like a political essay or something like that, you know, so they're not threatened by the, the context in the first place. And if they grasp a metaphor that they wouldn't have grasped previously through the storytelling of the, of the children's book, then perfect. You know, it, it's a, it's a, like a launch pad, isn't it? The, uh, the metaphor yeah, yeah. so that you can then uh, take that idea into your own life. Exactly. And I mean, children's books are for children, but I, I, 
gift. I think they should be, I think everybody should, should read them. And I tell mm. anybody who listens, you know, if I read a great children's book, oh, everybody should read this book. And yeah, um, terrific. your, your book, um, I, uh, I just, um, you know, it's, it's um, just, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful story that just brings the reader you know right into it um and i was was wondering though uh what was your inspiration for this i know you you said you wrote the you you wrote the screenplay first and then you wrote the novel mm -hmm. that's right um so inspiration in the sense of theme or uh you know, is there What's some the specific? Uh, what yeah. was it that well, said? I'm going to write this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was the fact that even in my own life, you know, I've, I can see the uh, disparity between people who have ideas which are, you know, very solidly based in science and other people who have ideas which are very, have a strong foundation in faith. And I can see the strengths in both. And, and I can see potentially the weaknesses in both. And so it was really, I, I, I feed um, parrots on my balcony and a particular day I had some Colombians visiting and we were talking about the, the nature of faith and the nature of ideas and of, of what people choose to believe and, and, and particularly spirit, uh, uh, superstition, which was a, a, a strong element in, in the culture that we were discussing. And it just for some reason it just really made me think that you know where do these stories originate you know and why do they originate and and i'd, I'd read so much about mythology it's an interest of mine uh to to read ancient mythology Mine and too. I, yeah and i and i really thought it's fascinating the the allegorical elements you know that are that are within these stories and i thought well i, I was aware that you know, there's different Christ stories for different epochs or different millennia moving backwards. You know, every 2000 years, you know, we, we had the we're finishing the age of Pisces. Now we're moving into the age of Aquarius. We were before that the age of Aries, I believe, and then Taurus before that. And there were these living, dying, resurrecting God man stories for each of these millennia. And so I thought, well, what about the next one? You know, we're moving into the uh, age of Aquarius. Is there a, a um, Christ story for this right. new millennia? And I thought, well, I might as well write it. Why not? <laughs> and it worked <laughs> Why out. Not? Well, I, I hope it worked out. Yeah, so far it appears to have worked out. So a lot of work, of course, and it is a, a huge amount of research on this project. It's taken me uh, at, at least four years, you know, to to really nut out all the ins and outs of, of revealing the mythology and revealing ancient mythology that people may not be aware of because a lot of people, once they're in a faith, they often believe that that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And, yeah. and often it's like, well, yes, but if you look back or speak to historians, you'll, you'll see that there were a lot of other stories that you may choose to read or not, you know? And so I, somewhat bring attention to these without um you know hopefully going too far just to sort of touch on the curiosities i hope of people's uh a curiosity of human history and human faith uh in in human history oh definitely um and when you were doing your research um and and i know when i do mine there's a, a time and point where you gotta say okay 
<laughs> I don't want to give, you know, uh, you can get caught up in all your research. And I, I know that because that's something that I've been doing the history of, of uh, I've been researching the history of my uh, hometown um, mm. as a new project. Mm. And, Fantastic. you know, yeah. I, it gets very, it's, I get very excited and I haven't been excited about a project in a long time. And then mm. it's like, okay, I have to step away because there's just so much information. Mm. <laughs> How did you well, know I, when it was I, okay? I kind of take the opposite approach. I think, you know, if you really feel passionate about something and, and for me, passion is, is defined not really by excitement, but more something you're, you're willing to bleed for, willing to, you know, to work hard for. And that yeah. to me is when you feel something that strongly and it, it can be really hard work, but you're willing to do the work, then that's ideal. It's it's almost like if you if we do then relate this to a mythological point of view, in some of the Eastern mythologies particularly, they say about, you know, you're, you've been put on this earth and you have something you're here to do, something to achieve. So get out there and achieve it. And so those whispers that we have that saying you know you really must do this you know that you wake up for me i don't know for you but i wake up in the morning and it's the it's the thought that's already there and it's like oh here you know there's that thought again there's that idea again and it's just it's so overwhelming that you think all right i guess i just have to do it and i will do it and so in this case yes i i took off to columbia so i could um, work out where this story was going to occur I had an injury at the time, so I turned up in in a moon boot uh, to Columbia, which probably wasn't the smartest thing I could have done, but <laughs> I did it anyway. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, sort of uh, despite being in a, in a lot of uh, discomfort, I really knew I just had to get this done. And I just just allowed it. You know, I just knew it was uh, had invaded my consciousness so, you know, entirely that I just surrendered to it. That That is just, that's just incredible. Um, you hear people do a lot of research, but to actually go to Colombia, um, yeah, that's, yes. that's well, pretty I, amazing. <laughs> well, I was and actually brave. going to go to, to another part of Colombia called Nuki, which is on the Pacific coast. And it's really remote. Like you can't get there by car. You have to do a plane or a boat to get there. And and it was five weeks before the uh, trip that I'd, I'd, I'd torn a, a, my calf muscle in a, in a, in a race. And uh, I thought, okay, so this is going to make it very difficult for me to go that remote. And so I spoke to my Colombian friends and I said, I, I need to change my plans. You know, where do you recommend? And they they suggested up around the Caribbean coast uh, where uh, the story now exists, uh, around uh, Tayrona National Park. And they hadn't mentioned the, uh, the village that I chose of Burutaka, but I found it. And then I sat there, put my leg up and thought, right, this is, this is it. And, uh, and I knew the story already and I just had to make sure that everything fitted. And um, it was actually quite amazing because you really almost see the story. It's like it's, it has occurred, even though it's just, I guess, imagination, but, but it really felt real for me. So I, I just, it was actually very easy to make that place uh, work for the, the, script that had already been written oh that that is just totally amazing um did you have an excerpt that you wanted to read for us i thought yes i could uh i um when you suggested that earlier i thought i've got a section that um has a bit of uh the conflict in it between maria and her detractors it has a bit of spanish in it and it has a little bit of the ancient history in it as well so i thought that's covering quite a few bases 
uh, of what the story is about. So I could uh, read that if you like. Yes, that'd be great. Thank you. All right. So uh, where are we here? Okay, it's here. So do you know about the bonfire? Gustavo piped up as he filled his mouth with the cake. Bonfire? On the beach, the Escupitajos are burning the books of Gabriel. He continued in his native tongue. It intrigued me that the word escupitajos, which effectively means spitters, had clearly become a colloquial expression to refer to Maria's detractors. The spitters and the local priest have constructed a large fire, he continued. They are spitting on copies of the book of Gabriel, and they throw the copy copies into the fire. They're chanting, God save us from this devil girl and her child. It's okay. We'll just print more copies. I'm going to put up the price. My translation of Gustavo's revelation made Robin squirm uneasily in his chair. Gustavo responded to his obvious disquiet. Nadia lastima a mi hija, he reassured Robin, who clearly didn't understand what was being said. Mi familia lo es todo para mi. I explained to Robin that Gustavo was reminding us that he was not going to let anyone hurt his daughter. Despite the reassurance offered by Gustavo, Robin remained agitated. There's something we need to discuss. If the legend is to be fulfilled, the haters, spitters included, will probably play a major role in the child's life. What are you saying? I asked. Historically, in every story from Osiris to Dionysus or Serapis Christus to Jesus, the Christ has been born, sacrificed, and then resurrected. People like the spitters are a potential threat to the child. The back door to the house slammed shut with a loud thud. Sylvia went to the back of the house to investigate. When she returned, she was quite distraught. Maria is gone, she blurted out in Spanish. What happened next, I can only relate based on the hearsay of onlookers who witnessed the events. There were so many people in Burutaka by this stage that it was virtually impossible for anything to occur without someone seeing it. Maria was wearing only her sleeping nightgown as she strode toward the spitters and their massive funeral pile of books. Despite a diminutive stature, she confronted the spitters with all the confidence of a raging bull. Do you want to be saved, she roared at them in Spanish. Do you think spitting on books and cursing me will save you? Are you so pathetic that you fear an unborn child? You want my baby dead? Here I am. Cast me on the fire and destroy us both. But you won't, because you are cowards. She walked defiantly amongst the spitters who moved away from her in fear. Your hearts are full of fear and selfish hate. You pray to God to save you, but why should he? Why would he save your pathetic souls? What do you bring to the world to make it a better place? Why do you deserve special treatment? Your wailing and crying is just for you and no one else. Maria approached the smouldering fire. She dropped to her knees and drove her palms into the ash. She wiped the ash over her face. Look at me, she faced off with the spitters, who are now wailing with fear more than ever. Yes, be scared, be terrified. I am showing you the blackness of your own hearts. It is in your reflection that you hate and despise, not me and my child, but your own selfish darkness. Maria began walking in the ash around the fire's periphery. Gabriel's message is clear. It is people like you with your spitting and cursing who will burn in the light of the new Christ. Spit on me now as I walk in the fire of my child's light. I dare you. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, it's a bit of an intense scene. <laughs> yeah, but it. I think you picked the, the perfect excerpt because if I hadn't read it, I would um, be very intrigued by it and wanting to read it. Um, you know, you're, you know, I was going through a lot of the reviews. I, um, so many were just, I mean, you're getting great reviews for the story. Um, and 
not all I see how much that you know that reviews are important um but not all authors understand the importance of of reviews and not all readers understand the importance of of writing a review um, no yeah it's uh, and I, I i do think that there's a uh, an element that the review is talking about two things it's the book is somewhat just revealing an aspect of the reviewer so i sometimes find that when i'm reading a review it's like that person is introducing themselves to me because mm -hmm. their worldview, their their passions, their likes, their hates, their understandings, their their paradigms are all coming through their review. And and so I, I feel like I'm really getting to know people. And so and if ever there is a, a bad review, and a touch wood, we haven't seen one here, but it's bound to happen because it's you know, you do get people who are in a dark place. Sometimes you can read that that person is in a dark place and they're projecting it onto whatever they're reading. And so we don't have to be so angry about that or upset. It's, if anything, sometimes we can actually have a bit of compassion towards that because sometimes it's actually a, uh, an expression of someone who is suffering and they just need to get it out some way. So it's so many things reading a review. It's, uh, it's, yes, it's about the book. But I, I think I'm learning about the people uh, as well. And uh, and I find that fascinating because my writing style is learning about people. You know, as you know, with Mary Pose, it was the same thing. I, I totally invested in discovering a culture and trying to work through that culture, just as I am here with uh, the Colombians. And uh, so I love the reviews and I and I appreciate them. And, and if, uh, uh, if anyone's listening here, if you'd like to write a review, then uh, please, I, I would definitely read it. And I, I would appreciate that effort. Yeah, I I I never read the reviews for books I'm going to read and review until after because I like yes. to see, I, you know, mm. I don't want anything to cloud my judgment um, mm. because it's something somebody said, um, and I always look at it, you know, unbiased, and I look for specific things with the story. Sometimes mm. I just get so lost, and I'm like, oh, I got to go back and take some notes. Um, but yeah, they are uh, reviews are are so important and I remember one time um well when I was first you know I got a bad review one time um several years ago so my father um we like to uh swap books and share um books and he gave me this book and it was a book about um reviews they called rotten reviews and they were real reviews of like classic literature mm. so he's like whenever you see a bad review and you know he goes just look at this you're not the first author <laughs> you know <laughs> mark twain or hemingway or whoever you know and, and Absolutely. I, I i keep that book um and it's just something that i i enjoy but i really um you know, it's it's a yeah. love of literature that I sh I share with my father. Um, so, but that was just something that always stood out. Um, mm. Myself, and there's only I always some things you have to take story. responsibility for. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. you, you don't have to take responsibility for every emotion that is projected in the world. You know, it's uh, uh there, I remember reading an expression once. It said, "Your opinion of me has nothing to do with me." And I thought, yeah. oh, okay, let me think. Let me think about that, you know. <laughs> and, That's uh, true. <laughs> and so it is, and it is kind of true, yeah. And so, yeah, allow people, I think, to their opinions. I, I believe, and and of course, when 
I write, and I imagine you too, we, we're hoping to share something. We're hoping to offer a gift, you know, for the for the world. And and because we think we've got something that might offer something, a shed a new light on something or or open a new door. And so if the door is open, then a beautiful thing. If not, then okay. You know, it's uh it's just up to the individual. That's that is so true. And people do not realize how hard it is to, you know, we're we we wrote, we put our heart and soul into something that we wrote, and then we have, then we're, you know, offering it to other people to read. You know, they're kind of mm. climbing in our head a little bit. So it's, it's mm. like, it's, it's not always, I mean, it's kind of brave when we let somebody else to do that. So, <laughs> um, but uh, before we wrap up here, um, why don't you tell uh, our listeners uh, your, your website where they can find your work? Oh, sure. Uh, so Angels Leap uh, is the name of the website. So that's all one word. And uh, so angelsleap.com. And uh, that probably leads to everything else uh, that uh, may be available, whether it's um, social media and other aspects. So, yeah, so that'd be uh, that'd be pretty much the best place to go. Angelsleap.com. Great. Thank you for being our guest. And the listeners can also find your information on our website. So we have that on our website. So if they didn't want to write down that real quick, they can find it. Um, thank you very much for being on our show. And thank you, Amy. It's have, been fantastic. You too. Have a good evening. Yes, you as well. Okay. Bye bye. Yep. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 